Welcome to the HDFS Careers Podcast, the podcast featuring informal conversations with family science majors about their professional journeys. My name is Erica Jordan. Today, I will be sharing my interview with Coriel Houghton Weeks. I met her years ago through our dear mutual friend and former professor, Dr. Mary Elizabeth Kurtner-Smith. So thanks, Dr. Kurtner-Smith, for being awesome. Coriel earned a bachelor's degree in human development and family studies from the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. In this episode, she shares the story of how she found the field of HGFS and her experience working in the nonprofit field, a school-based after-school program, faith-based organizations, early childhood education, and more. As is true for all interviewees on this podcast, Coriel's views are her own as a private citizen and do not reflect the views of her current, former, or future employers. Without further ado, here's her interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Coriel. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for taking the time to speak with me um, for the sake of time, because I know it's a busy time right now. We'll go ahead and jump right into it. Can you first tell me a little bit about how you first discovered the field of human development and family studies? Well, it was by happy accident um, when I first started at the University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Um, I was going to go into nursing. Yeah, thank you very much, alumni. Um, so I grew up in a small town and you did not know a lot of options as far as like what you could major in and things like that. So nursing, I mean, I knew I wanted to serve and help people. So I was like, I'm going to be in nursing and, um, freshman year figured out that that was not the path that I would be successful in. Um, when I had a very, very low GPA, (laughs) (laughs) Might have been a 1.9, but you know, that's fine. I still graduated with honors after that, but yeah. Hey, that's quite a comeback. <sighs> yeah. So, um, and then I stumbled at a Bible study, freshman Bible study. One of the girls was talking about how her major um, was human development and family studies. And I was like, that's a ridiculous major. And she said, well, maybe just come over and try it and come, um, What's it called when you sit in a class, but you don't actually take it? Audit it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Said, um, just come audit um, my class. And it was human development one-on-one and it was a huge class. I mean, it's not like I stuck out anywhere. And um, it made sense to me. I liked it. I figured that my GPA would be a lot better in those classes. Um, and so I tried it and then I met an advisor and we started and the rest was history. I remember somebody's also mentioned the major to me as an undergraduate. And if I'm being honest, I also was like, well, that's not a real major. That's what, <laughs> that's yeah, what exactly. my initial got. And um, I, I, by the way, I've been known to say that about many majors and then turn around and actually get degrees in them. Um, I also said I I ended up being a journalism major and I also thought, well, who would major in that? That's ridiculous. So (laughs) I, I, and then shortly after that, I started, um, I I thought to myself, I better be careful about what I say I'm never going to do because clearly. (laughs) Well, it's like like parenting. Yes. When you're, babysitting and whatever my child will never do xyz well guess what guess what your child is doing exactly that yes and maybe more yeah (laughs) they surprise you all the time they will so you love this class it's HM. so was it like a lifespan class yeah thanks okay yeah 
And um, I remember when I, I don't teach that particular class very often, but um, or anymore, but I used to teach it quite a bit in my former university. And I love that class too, because it's like, I used to call it like my buffet course, you know, there's something for everybody in that class, you know, you cover so yeah. much. And I know they call it something different now, but yeah, that's basically what it was. Yeah. Okay. So you love it. You end up switching your major. Like you're thinking, Hey, this is a much better fit for me. And so then mm -hmm. tell me like what the rest of your experience was like in the major, like kind of what stands out to you about what you enjoyed about the field. And then also, um, if you did anything else while you were in college, you know, did you just go to class or did you work? Um, okay. you, yeah. So, um, like I said, it made sense to me, like, um, the developmental theories and, um, now Freud lost me, but you know, that was just totally different. <laughs> yeah. But, um, like PJ and Erickson and, um, they just, it just clicked in my head and being in a, I'm a very relational person. Mm -hmm. I'm a very social person. So being in a field that or being in a major that built off of relationships, mm -hmm. it was just, and being in a college because, um, sophomore year, I met our mutual friend, Dr. Mary Liz Kirtner Smith. Yeah. had, um, two of her classes, um, back to back. And, um, this is when she, Lauren was the only child. She only had her oldest daughter and, um, she was doing a research study on interactions between fathers and their toddlers and infant children and asked if anybody in the class would be interested in helping her code videos. And another lady and I, Florinda Shakir, you remember Florinda? I'm, you know what? I remember um, Dr. Kirtner says talking about her. I'm not sure oh, if I ever met her, but yeah, I know who you're talking about. That may have been that short time span when she was in California, but yeah. Florinda's been around. Um, yeah. Anyway, she and I started coding videos and working with Dr. Kirtner Smith. And then that's when we, Dr. Kirtner Smith found out she was expecting her youngest daughter and was looking for a nanny and asked me if I'd be interested. And her oldest one, Lauren, was four at the time. And um, I started nannying in, and I kept nannying. <laughs> and they're 24 and 19 now, and we're still very involved in each other's lives. Yes. So. <laughs> Y'all are so close. I love it. And then my sister and my brother and my best friend also, when I started working full-time out after I graduated, we all tag team in um, with their nannies in my, they called my brother, their Manny. And um, yeah, it takes a village. I mean, yeah. like that's such a cool support network that you all had built. It was fun. Yeah. So you were nannying uh, a lot, um, you know, for multiple years and then eventually with two kids um, and then still enjoying these classes. And yep. so, oh, go ahead. No, okay. So I graduated in 2002 and, you know, for, um, to graduate, you have to complete an internship and I found an internship. Um, Dr. Kirtner Smith actually found it 
for me, like suggested it to me. How's that? Mm -hmm. Um, it was with youth for Christ and they had a teen moms division. Oh. It was a program that worked with teenage mothers and their children. And mm -hmm. we went into the high schools, um, and did parenting classes and just like life skills classes. And we had a mentor program where it built on relationships and did activities after that. And, um, Mary Liz helped lead a Bible study on Wednesday nights at her church for those ladies. And it was more of a parenting just growing up and the church graciously offered childcare. And, um, yeah, that was an eye opener. And one of the cool things about, no, I was not married. No, I did not have any children, but I had nannied. So a lot of the experiences that the girls were having like parenting wise, mm -hmm. I understood. Yeah. Like going to target and your child's having a meltdown. So yeah. you have to leave or having an explosive diaper and you're mortified, but there's nothing you can do. Yeah. <laughs> so you like, I mean, having to adjust your schedule, like all these things. So what I thought made me very inept actually ended up being a cool way to relate to them because I did have experience with children and I'm the oldest of four biologically and then my older brother whom we adopted into our family came in in middle school but I mean like I've been taking care of children since I was little yeah so it was just a fun way to connect with the ladies yeah you had a lot of experience to draw from and you can relate like, yeah and then know. they ended up the director resigned and they asked me to come on and I saw so I was doing that and I was still nannying a little bit. Um, there, Emma was still a baby, but Lauren was in school and, um, which helped me maintain those connections with the teenage moms and still continue to be in, um, Lauren and Emma's lives and then I'm in mine. Yeah. And, uh, and so you, when you graduated, basically, yeah, you started working for the Teen Moms program um, full time. Yes. As the director. Okay. Pretty mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. And I mean, I am a believer. Um, my faith has always been a big part of my life. So it was very cool to be able to incorporate those two things together. Yeah. Like I was getting paid for that, mm -hmm. which is cool. The stressful part was that you had to raise your own support, which presented lots of challenges in different ways. Um, but also a very big learning experience in terms of like writing grants and soliciting donations and doing fundraisers right. and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we would have huge fundraisers that our small staff of five would be putting on. And, um, then you had to go and make individual appointments and speak at different places. And so even if you were nervous with public speaking, it didn't matter. You, I mean, it had to happen. Otherwise, you couldn't serve the ladies, you know? Right. Right. And then again, writing grants and reaching out and definitely getting outside your comfort zone. For sure. And I am sitting here thinking, wow, Coriel, you <laughs> went on to direct this program right out of um, your bachelor's program. I mean, soon after you graduated and yes. I mean, people pull their hair out about the grant writing process, you know, people who have years of experience. I mean, so, and then, and then I guess you, I didn't realize too, that you had a staff. I mean, if there are five of you that you had. Oh, let me, well, okay. Yeah. Let me rephrase. So youth for Christ in itself was a staff. Gotcha. Okay. I was, and we all had to have fundraisers. Gotcha. Okay. So, and it didn't, 
eventually my, so literally the day after graduation, I started working there full time. Wow. And then that was in May, but by August, I had an intern. Okay. Okay. That you had to supervise. And then of course you all are, so that helps a little bit. You all are working as a team to kind of generate these funds, but it's still very stressful. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, and so, but that helps because at least there are other people who can kind of show you the way maybe I'm hoping some of these people had had experience with grant writing before. Um, well, no. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you just had to kind of jump in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, um, thankfully with the connections that I made through human development, like one of the girls that I graduated with started working with a grant writing service. Okay. So she was very helpful. Um, some of the connections we made with baby talk, which is yes. another prayer, like, um, the director of that at the time introduced me to the Lawrence Trust Fund grant, which was the first grant that we wrote and we were, we got, um, and baby talk, just so people know, it's like, uh, what is it? Teaching activities for knowledge and for learning and knowledge, I think, but basically provides developmental education for parents. Yes. Books as well. They go in into the hospital yeah they go into the hospital when you have a baby and they talk with the moms that have had babies and give them books and contact information and they have a parent assistant line assistance line for when you're very stressed mm-hmm. and you call get help so i mean it's a good thing yeah yeah okay so you had and two i just want to just highlight one small point too um you mentioned somebody who you graduated with actually went on to work for this grant writing service. And I've seen that as a theme in talking to professionals, you know, sometimes you just never know. It's important to build relationships, even in your class. And, you know, just kind of, I don't know, just maintain positive relationships because I've had interviewed other people where one person ends up giving the other one a job a few years later. And and you just never know, you know, who your classmates will be working with or or what ways in which you can partner. So that worked out. Exactly. And we'll touch on this in a minute, but one of the girls, so when I said that I helped with the research program with videos of how fathers and children, one of the girls that was working on the mother-child connections, coding videos, this is when they were VHS. So, I mean, that was a long time ago. (laughs) And um, I met her when I was going to interview for the next job. And that was part of the reason I got the next job. See, (laughs) yeah, you just never know. You never know. The um, uh, people, yeah, the connections and the relationships. Um, Okay, so how long did you end up staying with with the first position, the first organization? Two and a half years. Two and a half years, okay. Two and a half years. And then what made you decide to make another change? Or seek out quite honestly it was a financial situation okay um i was the program the teen moms program that i was doing was being affected by the fact that i could not that i was having to spend more time raising more money yeah um i couldn't balance both and i didn't have i was a single adult which was fine loved it but 
you didn't have a supplemental income to fall back on. Right. Um, so like it came boiled down to, do I live in my car or do I go get a job? Gotcha. Different job. So that's what I did. And so how did you seek I, out the uh, next opportunity? Well, I met, um, so I ended up working for what was called at the time East Tuscaloosa Family Resource Center, and it's now called Tuscaloosa is one place. Um, I met the director at the conference of the grant that we were approved for, Children's Trust Fund Grant. Right. And um, Christy Brown and I, Christy was the one that I knew from, she coded the mother-child interactions and I coded the father-child interactions videos in the research project. And she worked there and was with the director at the grant, at the training. And um, we reconnected after being in school and working together. And then she said they had a job open and I used, uh, I was able to use Dr. Kirtner-Smith as a reference because her students helped volunteer at East Tuscaloosa Family Resource Center. And so then I started there. Beginning, I was doing a home visitation program for children that had just been reunified um, in their homes from foster care. Mm -hmm. And so went and then again, continued working on parenting skills, um, life skills, how to maintain a home, when you get frustrated with your children, how, here's how that works. Anger management, things like that. And then there was a opening available in one of their after school program director positions and I jumped on it. Wow. And I did that for nine years. Wow. So it sounds like you really, that must've been a really good fit for you to stay there nine years. So tell us about you know, what excited you, what made you jump on that initial opportunity and kind of what your daily tasks were like? Well, as I said, I was, I'm, I knew long ago I was called to serve children and working with the parents was great. And I felt like that was helping to serve the children. But when there was an opportunity to work directly with children mm -hmm. um, and just like the high pace, like I don't, I'm not a person that enjoys sitting behind a desk a lot. Right. So paperwork and things like that were never my strength. Mm -hmm. Obviously it's part of the job, right. but at the after school program, it began as a therapeutic after school program from children that were victims of abuse or that were in the foster program, foster care program. Mm. And so we partnered with the schools at the school, had teachers that helped. And so I directed the children and the teachers, obviously my background is not in education. So that's where the teachers came from. They would help with homework and things like that. So that once the children got home, that was one less risk factor for arguments at home. Yeah. Or at school, like one way to be more successful at school. And then I would do the therapeutic part. And then what started out as a program for 30 children ended up being 120 because we opened it over time we opened it up to children that do just need some after school homework help children that need help with social skills um and it would often be obviously working in the same school for nine years you build relationships and with the principal that was like my main go-to person mm -hmm. even when we transitioned so if they had children that they suspected 
were being abused, they would put them in the program because of the connections that I had made in the home visitation program that I worked in where I did work with the foster care workers because their children had just been placed back in the home. I had a relationship with the foster care workers and the child removal, like the safe workers is what they were called at the time. And um, so if we did suspect abuse, I could be like, hey, here's like, I could make an official report. Yeah. But I knew enough for them to know that because unfortunately you get a lot of this person's mad at this person. So they're going to call and accuse him of something. And that wasn't the case with me. Right. So we were able to serve children that way. Um, and Tuscaloosa is one place wrote the grants to allow me to, like, I still was employed with Tuscaloosa is one place, mm-hmm. but I worked at, this elementary school that was a Title I school. And if you don't know what Title I is, that it means that over 70% of the children qualify for free and reduced lunch. So it's a lower income school. Yeah. Um, so it started out as a therapeutic after school program and then went on to be just a little bit of everything. And we um, were able to incorporate activities. We had a high school not high school. We had college volunteers from the HDFS programs from Dr. Kirtner Smith's classes that would come uh, one day a week and they would basically partner with each kid to where each child, each one to two children had a mentor that came just for them once a week. Wow. And while they would help them with homework, they would just be a positive role model for them to look up to. One of my favorite stories is we had this one mentor awesome 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 guy he was actually taking human development class what he thought would just be an easy course from engineering (laughs) and ended up changing his major wow Uh uh-huh because he loved it and he's now a um he's now an early ed teacher working on a principal track but um and that was in 2005 so it's been fun to still keep up with him yeah but anyway he would come to the school and he had a um black ball cap that he was always wear and we had him with these two little boys and one little boy for Christmas got a brand new hat that was white and he came to school and he had colored it with a black marker oh and his grandmother lost her mind mind. she got so upset and um she called me because we had a phone for that and she goes, you're not going to believe what he just did. We got this. And it was a really expensive hat at the time. And I was like, well, did you ask him why? I don't know why. I was like, well, ask him why. Yeah. Because, I mean, it was not like this kid. Right. And uh, she asked him and she got back on the phone. She had tears in her eyes. In her, I mean, she said she had tears in her eyes. And you could tell in her voice that it was crackling. She goes, it's because he wanted to be like Andrew, who was his mentor. Oh, oh my and I was God. like, <gasps> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, oh my goodness. Um, yeah. So, and that was because that child, that was the real, that was the third year I'd had that child in my program. Mm-hmm. And he'd only been with grandmother for a year, a little over a year because he had been in the foster system and he would not be able to go reunite with his parents. So grandmother took him and those two struggled. Yeah. And then with Andrew, 
because of the partnership and it was up to the college students how deeply they got invested right um well this one went all in like he signed him up for basketball and he would take him to basketball practice and um so this child ended up being Andrew's wedding what yeah yeah like they just maintained a relationship and um this child also graduated high school because of Andrew Andrew was helping make connections and even from another state for a little while because he was not from Alabama and yeah. um, which made his story even cooler because he had an engineering co- scholarship. Yes. But he changed his major and got a job so that he could pay for school and still did this. Um, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah. That's so, an amazing story. I mean, as so many little gems there too, it's like, you thought to ask grandmother why like take that extra step of asking the child why and then it's this amazing reason why that links back to you know this college kid who just thinks they're just gonna you know just kind of take an elective take they think it's going to be easy grade it ends up changing the trajectory of their life and they end up changing the trajectory of somebody else's life yeah like and it's just been it's incredible because Yes, I did graduate in that program, but seeing people from my, my school, like, you know, you don't just go to college and invest all of this time and money into this program and not have some sort of attachment to it. Right. So like, it made me proud, not just of my like educational track, but just of like, just being a part of something that's bigger. Yes. And, um, like the fact that these college kids, do want to volunteer their time at elementary school and go over and above and like being able to not only work with them, like work with the children, but also work with the college kids. Yes. Yeah. You're Um, able to really be a mentor to everybody, like at the kind of, you know, top of the umbrella at that particular school, like you're able to support the college students, um, support the university. Um, It's like like a really mutually beneficial partnership and then also support the kids. And the teachers there were amazing and we were able to like the teachers that were there really bought into the holistic approach of serving the children. That's great. In all aspects, which made it. And the principal, when I was in my time that I was there, there were two different principals, one retired and another one came in and both of them bought into like really invested in what this program was about. That's a, yeah, y'all y'all had a great situation. Um, I mean, it's it's difficult because you're helping kids and families that are struggling um, with multiple challenges and in many cases at that school. But um, it sounds like you showed up and you were such a positive presence, and then that allowed you all to can maintain the good will will of the teachers and the administrators. You know because if there, if somebody in your role was just kind of only halfway doing their jobs, then, you know, that wouldn't be quite as, I imagine that would be difficult for the, for the students, the college students to stay motivated for the teachers and the administrators to really stay invested in the program. But it sounds like you all, all work together as a really strong team. And that's well, and I was very lucky in that, that the school that I went into is a family. Yeah. Like when I got married, they threw me a shower. Yeah. <laughs> and in the time that I was at that school, I met my now husband. What? I, yeah. Not from the school, not from yeah. the school, but while I was working there. Right. Um, I met him and um, 
they got married while I was there. So, cause we would do summer programs too, for children that are transitioning in. We had a summer program for children transitioning into kindergarten to help them get used to the school. But we also had a summer program for kids that needed a safe place to go in the summer. Okay. Um, and we would do that as well. So the teachers there, just, they are family, you know, yeah. those, the kids are their kids. And it was just a great experience for me because at the time that I was coming through the HDFS program, there was a bit of a riff from HDSS, HDFS and elementary education. Oh, okay. And um, so just seeing that, you know, we could put that aside and yeah. just work together for the kids. And then you have people from all different, like so many different cultures, not just races and ethnicities, but cultures. Yeah. Um, in one building. And it just became great. Like that still is my most favorite place That's awesome. to be and to work. And um, like I said, they threw me a shower. And then while I was there, after my husband and I got married, the economy crashed. And so we decided to make some different life choices. And I was about to start graduate school. Okay. And when I I'd started graduate school in my second class. I had gone to the doctor to have some blood work done for, um, I have a thyroid thing that, you know, you have to have worked mm -hmm. on. And I found out that I was pregnant and we were not expecting or planning for that at all. <laughs> Surprise. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then a few weeks later I found out we were having twins. Surprise, surprise. Um, big surprise. Oh my gosh. So, but we also knew that financially we couldn't pay for graduate school and me go to school and pay for what we needed to pay for with maternity leave. Um, and then whatever it would cost for two children. Oh, thank you. Speaking of which, they're walking in. Oh, nice. So, my full-time capacity at that school and with Tuscaloosa's one place after having twins went down to part-time capacity because I couldn't find anywhere in town that had any daycare in town that had a spot for two infants. Okay. Um, so that made working full-time pretty much impossible. So what we did was we found a, a high school student that I actually met through um, volunteering at the school. Oh, okay. Not a high school student. I keep saying that. A college student. Okay. And um, the way her classes worked, she had Mondays and Tuesdays available to be a nanny for us. And so I went from that to being a parent involvement coordinator at that same school to help parents be involved. Oh, nice. Um, both in the school and with their children. And because as we know, the more involved parents are in their children's lives, the better success they have. Yeah. And this gave parents different opportunities to that. And we would offer also offer parenting classes. Um which was fun. Yeah. And so I did that for um, I guess maybe a little over a year. And then I really needed to get back into work full time. Because as I said, the economy crashed. We were trying to do things for life. We had two babies. At that time, one of our children had some more medical needs than we realized. Okay. 
Um, and as a parent, you have all of your knowledge from human development, but then at the same time, <laughs> like, you know, it's supposed to happen. Right. But it never happens the way your textbooks and your videos and everything that you watch. Yeah. So, I mean, you just have to learn. You have to figure out, like, our daughter had a speech delay um, and had some sensory issues, challenges, I should say, not issues, challenges. Uh -huh. And um, so, I mean, those are things that we needed to work on and have therapy for. And so, to make that happen, I needed to go back full time. Okay. So that we would have the income to be able to do that because yes, your insurance pays for it, but you still have a deductible. Right. And co-pays. Um, so it made the very hard decision for me to, I stayed at Tuscaloosa in one place and taught night classes for a little while. Okay. For parents with children in the juvenile detention system. And so it was parents and the children and I worked with the children and Somebody else taught the parents. Okay. But, but really, if you were still getting to do hands-on with kids like you like. Yes. And I mean, like, and I loved the time with my personal children, but I also knew that that, that was just going, I knew that was only going to be for a season, season, that I needed to be doing something a little different. Okay. Um, but then I went from that to our church um has a daycare a preschool and I would I had been volunteering in the preschool ministry for years wow. and the but the preschool like daytime preschool they needed a teacher and one of my dear friends was there and she's like hey would you be at all interested in teaching and I was like I'm not a teacher I can guide and I can connect but I'm not a teacher she goes, well, let me, let me explain what I mean by teaching. I want these kids to learn by playing and do hands-on. I was like, oh, now that I got. Yes. That I can do. So I ended up being a um, pre-K teacher. Oh, nice. And my children were able to go to that preschool with me. And so that was for a year. Were they in your same class at that point? I guess I'm. No, no. Oh, sorry. No, they were gosh, 18 or 19 months old. Okay. Okay. So there you go. When I started. So it was nice to be able to take them to work with me. Okay. And be just down the hallway, but it was still so hard. Like their first day of preschool, I cried and I was literally down the hallway. Oh, and I knew it, but it was just like, I hope I didn't think I'd be like this. Oh. You know, it's you hard. know. Oh yeah, I know. Um, it's hard. I mean, I was, a, I'm a, five minute walk when I dropped my kid off and I like exactly called back and you know my friends exactly. were the, her first day my friends are trying to distract me I'm, I'm calling back to check on her you know still hard uh, yeah like I text their teacher I was like I'm not doing well with this please just send me some pictures yeah. I just need a few pictures yes and then my friend who hired me she went and took some with my phone and brought them back I was like I oh just, nice I just and like my poor pre-k children like you know pre-k they can speak yeah my 18 19 month olds couldn't articulate very well I mean they were very certain about what they were saying but they're like it's okay Miss Coriel you yeah. can't be sad I'm like thanks y'all <laughs> y'all are getting a lesson today in sadness <sighs> and like, empathy um, and comfort 
Thank you. <laughs> and you read like the kissing handbook the first day and like that was not a smart move. And it was just, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you know, and now the first day of school, I'm like, okay, bye y'all. <laughs> Love you. Have a great day. Um, yeah, so I did that for a year and then, um, they had a position become available in administration and ministry. So I became the preschool director for the school slash preschool minister at our church. Um, and so it's exactly what it sounds like. I was the director over the school and supervised the teachers and the children. And then I supervised, I was over the ministry portion and supervised those volunteers and those children and implemented the and started some programs there. Um, we did a lot of transitioning of learning through play and getting as close to uh, NAEYC accreditation as we could. The church had to vote on it and they would never vote on it, but we still did all the things that, as many things as you could do in the requirements. Um, and again, oh, and I forgot to mention too, my time at Tuscaloosa is one place. I still had to continue to write grants. Oh. And do fundraisers. Okay. Yeah, and we worked. Yeah, and we worked with the community. Um, in so many different ways. Yeah. Honestly, the first nonprofit of my career that I worked with was three years ago. Everybody else has always been nonprofit. Wow. Or four years ago, excuse me. Yeah, and that I mean, the first for profit was four years ago. Yeah, that was the university. Oh yeah. But I mean, and I mean, obviously that's a choice. Like yeah. you don't, some, there are parts of this field that you don't go into for the money. Yeah. You go into it because that's where your heart is leading and where you're being called. Yeah. And I would much rather be in a position of where I'm called than just for the money and be miserable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you feel like you just are in the flow, like you're where you're supposed to be. That right. Like, is an irreplaceable feeling for sure absolutely yeah absolutely like and so so you okay so you stay there for about a year wait a minute oh wait, no I was there five years total five years total okay okay so I started as a pre-k teacher then I went into administration as the director and the preschool minister okay and that took a giant toll on my family oh really okay uh -huh. um because the school was at the church in ministry and as the minister at the way our church worked, you were on call a lot. So I mean, my children and my husband has a very untraditional job in that he works swing shifts. So two weeks he's on days, two weeks he's on nights. There was a nine, no, 13 week span where he had to go to Germany. Um, fortunately we had a, um, a girl that was just a godsend that we met through there, met through church, and she was a um, HDFS major as well. Mm -hmm. And um, her senior year, she was majoring in child life. She needed a place to live, so she lived with us. Wow. And um, she actually got married this weekend. We were in her wedding. Oh, or the kids were. Right. Yeah. They were in her wedding, and it was so fun. But, um, so she lived with us and that was amazing because they were a little over they turned three while he was gone so 
they were two and you know I know I have new major major admiration for single moms like yeah. for real single moms yeah um like like you said with things with parenting and stuff you're like no my kids will never do that and then you're like oh okay <laughs> have I got a surprise for you <laughs> yeah or I'll never be a parent like that yes you will <laughs> yes yes you will <sighs> like I used to judge so harshly these women that put those little backpack yeah backpack leashes, leashes on their children I mean I used to think the ugliest things about these people until we got some and my kids thought they were the best things ever and that was the only way I could take them into public and they stay with me because they would hold each other's they were animals one had a monkey and one had like a lion or something uh-huh and they would hold the tails and that's how they would stay together and stay next to me yeah and I like I wanted to go find every single person that I ever judged and say I'm just so sorry I am so like, sorry you were so on point I should have just listened I should have just paid attention and appreciated I know I used to think I mean I think I remember making some snide comments about those two I wasn't I don't know if I, I I can't remember now, but I I definitely know that over the years I've gotten progressively looser in my attitude towards those things, and yes. I was definitely in a heartbeat. The only reason I, the only reason that I think probably I don't own one with my toddler yet, and I'm sure I'll get one, is just because she still walks slow enough that I end up just kind of forcing her into the stroll. Right. <laughs> but but yeah, now I'm like, huh. Well, and my children got to a point where they figured out at an early age that if they ran in different directions, I could only run after one of them. And so, and when you have two kids in a cart, you don't have room for stuff. And at some point I didn't want to push two carts anymore. And I was like, I'll just let them walk. And that was a disaster. And this was before the days of curbside pickup and like pick up in store no 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 you had to go through and find what you wanted you um, know no more and no instacart shopper no right that did not even exist <laughs> nope and then my brother whom i love dearly my younger brother sent those to us and i was like you are a horrible horrible person <laughs> why would you even do that well they were fuzzy animals and my kids both love stuffed animals and it was the biggest treat for them to wear that and we only wore them when we went out in public. So they knew it's going to be fun. And I was like, I ended up calling them and saying, I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. I was so hateful for this wonderful gift. That is smart to keep them too. Only when you're going out. Like, yeah, it was then it's a special treat <laughs> that they get to have them. <laughs> and they loved it. And I was like, oh, I just need to, I just, I just need to find all these ladies and just say, I'm just so sorry. Yeah, I know. I know the things that we, I, I was I, a couple of weeks ago, like my child woke up early from her nap. And of course, we're still down here in Texas with the, still a major hot spot. Um, right. She's still at home. And I'm like, just feeding the kid gummy worms just to just keep exactly just, just quiet while I have this student meeting that I'm exactly. I'm like, you know, <laughs> uh, and, whatever ever at this point well and all this, this through. yeah and all this digital learning yeah and i'm just like yes go play on your ipad i don't care <laughs> just do your school on your ipad and then yes you can i don't i don't care anymore <laughs> just get it done 
Everybody has got to preserve their yeah. self-care. Yeah, certain yes. point, you got to do what you got to do to Absolutely. Like keep, preserve some calm for yourself and for them. Absolutely. So, um, so, so he, yeah, man, and he works this swing shift. So, okay. So you have this godsend person who helps for those 13 weeks and then but and you're she like, graduated you're another transition. Yeah. And then she graduated and moved to France as an au pair au pair au pair however you say that and then um the being at church school seven days a week was just a struggle for my children and for me and it was just really it was just affecting my family you can't be all things to all people and save leftovers for your home and that was a hard lesson for me to learn um so from there i still stayed with our church but I went into an infant teacher role. So there wasn't prep outside of like school. Like I could do art and all that, but not as much as like pre-K and keeping the programs running and things like that. And um, I did that for a year. And then we had a new minister come in who needed an assistant director and needed, wanted me to be the assistant director. And I told him I wasn't sure about it. And he said that, um, like his priority, this was his second, um, marriage. His first one just kind of dissolved because he put, he couldn't balance work and family. He goes, and my commitment to you is that that will never happen wow. for me. He goes, I always want you to put family first. And, um, he was gosh, so just eye-opening this I will forever treasure him he taught me how because um, you know going through that much and there were some things that like personal things that happen you know as females we internalize a lot yeah um, as leaders we internalize a lot and so that really began to wear on me and um, John just showed me where in my job in a very, very appropriate way. This sounds, I don't want this to sound like he was doing things he wasn't supposed to be doing. Just showed me where I had value and where um, balancing, because his children were older, like married um, and in college. So I had his perspective to lean on as well. Yeah. And it was, hey, why don't you try, like, you're getting exhausted. You, I can see that your son just needs his mom i need you to be off tomorrow and you yeah. can take the day and spend it together um it just really just helped build my family up build our self-confidence up he was an integral part in my husband and i learning to communicate different ways and how to balance work um because that's the other thing about working with in the professions that we work in when you're called to serve you got to figure out where that line is yeah when you're called to serve and you have families and um, my husband before we ever had children he'd always worked swing shifts and he said his greatest fear was coming home and I'd have 40 plus children in our house asleep <laughs> <laughs> and I was like that is a very valid fear I don't know that I would get rid of that <laughs> yes because it is it's um when you're in any quote-unquote helping field, helping profession, and there's many of them out there. It's not just HGFS, but when any right. one of those, 
yeah, you have to know where to draw the line because there's always more that you can do. There yeah, is and it's not, more. it's not something that you can just leave at work. Right. Like you have to make a conscious effort to separate work and family. Yes. And if you don't draw the line, you're right. Like, I mean, you just, I loved your quote a minute ago about like, yeah, you, you can't just give all of yourself away and then just give your family leftovers. You right. Know? Um, so yeah, so it sounds like this is a really great mentor, um, you know, kind of shows you, yes, this is a really great mentor and mm -hmm. showed you how to like, you know, where you needed to cut some things off and draw the line. Yeah. Um, and like gifts that I had that I could expound on. He's like, you're great with working with children, but yeah. you need to hone in on this area. Mm. Or I need your leadership skills more than I need your, um, like, ways to, to lead adults. Because, I mean, bottom line, you and I both know this. Everybody that walks on this planet is just a different size preschooler. <laughs> yes. I mean, think about it. <sighs> think about it. As adults, we have tantrums. Yeah. It's just a different size preschooler that has more confidence going to the bathroom on their own. I mean, yes. the tantrum just line. look differently. Yeah. That's why yeah. I do try to encourage. And I tell this to myself too, you know, yeah, you yep. got to give kids grace because you know, yeah. Adults have tantrums too. Sometimes yep. they look exactly don't. the same. Sometimes they look a little different, but. <laughs> uh -huh. Adults don't want to share. Yeah. You know, share is not really appropriate when you're a kid anyway, but you know, but like adults yeah. don't want to, I mean, it's just well, bottom line. And so, at, at a court, yep. people have a, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're all selfish. I'm speaking of myself as well. Like, yeah, me too. Just, and I mean, that, that's not even the best word either because that has such a negative connotation. And I mean, but I mean, yeah, I mean, people look out for their own interests. Like, I mean, people are, I mean, they, they care about other people too, but like, yeah, yeah, it's complicated. It is. It's very complicated. And sometimes when we can't figure out how to work out the complication, we revert to our preschool ways and just yeah. have to have a fit. And yeah. then there you go. So he helped you like learn how to better navigate some of these yes. minefields with adults. Adults and children. And um, even to the point where there was a job posting for the university um to work with preschools around the state helping them and he brought me he printed it out and brought it to me and he said I think you should apply for this wow and I was like no 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 I'm fine <laughs> I like where I am he said okay well then I just he dropped it he left it at that well Dr. Kurtner Smith found out about it found yeah. out about this program and told the the lady that was over it and they contacted me and like, hey, we just, we've heard that this is something in your line of work. We're looking for a, a technical assistance person, specialist. Would you be interested in applying? And I was like, well, I mean, I really am happy where I am. Like, well, if you'll just fill out the application, that's fine. But, all right. So I submit my resume, fill out the application online, you know. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. This was like Thanksgiving and Christmas. And that was big time in preschool because we had our little productions and parent dinners and so I was really focused on that yeah and then they called me in January for an interview and I happened to be in the office with John and um 
And I looked at him, I was like, they want me to interview you. He goes, well, if you don't go, you're fired. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I have told you this from the beginning. He said, you and your children and your husband are destined for greater things. It's like, and you are never going to know if you don't try. And I was like, but don't you like me being here? Like, am I not doing a good job? Because you're doing a great job. I just know you're not supposed to be here forever. He goes, and you know that too. You just don't want to admit it because I had become comfortable. And, um, so I went to the interview was not my best interview at all. And, um, because early in the day at the preschool, the power had gone out of the whole school. And that preschool is underground. Whoa. Like it was an ideal place to be. Cause you know, in Alabama, Tor- we're in tornadoes. tornadoes. Yeah. yeah. So it's ideal for that. Cause they were always safe no matter where they were. Yeah. But when you have power out and you have lots of little people that are scared of the dark. <laughs> yeah. So it was just, it was just a wild day and it was not the best interview and then they called me later and offered me the job. And I was like, were you in that interview? <laughs> I'm just wondering, <laughs> like, were you there? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I just, I really want somebody who's willing to go out there. And because we'll, one of the things in the interview, she asked me, I was like, she goes, well, how are you at reporting to people? And I was like, well, I don't believe as adults, you should be reporting somebody for every shape everything you ever do, like, if you're going to hire somebody to be a job, to do a job, then you need to believe that they can do it and not micromanage them. Yeah. And I was a little sassy about it and, um, <laughs> without realizing that she would have been, or that she was the director. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was like, were, 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 were you in the interview? Like, how, how, how? She said, well, I really want somebody that'll shoot straight and that seemed to be it. And then of course, Dr. Curtin Smith gave me a great recommendation. And, um, so I went back and told John and he had been praying that I would get the position. And he's like, if you don't take it, I'm going to let you go anyway. So either way, you got to leave. Like, <laughs> You're out of here. Um, either way goes. Thanks. <laughs> but, and I mean, like, I still talk to John a little bit. We don't talk as much cause he's moved on from the church and, or that church. And, um, but I would say that having a, and his background was in ministry, but it was also in children. Uh-huh. Um, he really honed in on being able, how, how to be able to relate to people and build in their strengths. And I learned a ton from him in that. Um, and I thought, honestly, I thought I was already pretty good at that. But you can be good with everybody else except yourself. And, um, so then I moved from the preschool position to a program called Alabama Quality Stars with the university. And it's a rating system for preschools and every state has one. Ours is just called Alabama Quality Stars. And, um, and basically it's exactly what it is. You, it's with preschools around the state that go over and above the DHR or DHS, depending on where you are, mandates like minimum standards for children for the child care centers. And so they had a, a assessment team and they had what they call the technical assistance team. And that's what I was on. I went in to the programs that were about to apply for a star rating and helped them 
see where they would be at and how we could get a better rating. And it was really something that I had missed that I didn't realize because a lot of my programs were lower income. So being able to go in and say, and we had through Alabama Quality Stars, we had the resources, like we couldn't help them pay for a position by any means, but we had these kits of supplies that would go in and help them. So like I had one school that really, really took, the only thing they needed to increase their star rating was a music program. So we had a kit with a CD player, batteries, music, instruments, things like that, that because the director, it was all government-based pay and that doesn't always come in on time. There was no private pay. So we were able to help provide them a music program and they could take their rating up a whole other start because this director was in it to help her kids and give them the best program that she could. Um, and it was a lot of fun. I did that for three years, traveled around the state, but the travel, my children were in elementary school then too. And again, my husband has a very untraditional job. So that became very challenging for our family as well. Um, just, we needed one parent with one consistent job and one consistent schedule. And that's not an option for my husband. So that's when it had been wearing on me for a while. And I love the ladies that I work with. We all had either um, human development or social work backgrounds. And we all worked with children. Most all of us were parents. Um, and working with this preschools, when we all had preschool experience, so that made it even more fun. And just being in a tight group of ladies that were there to support each other was fun. And, you know, I mean, like how many times in a week can you go to Mobile, which is the bottom of our state, to Huntsville, which is the top of our state, to Phoenix City, which is the um, right side of our state, to Tuscaloosa, which is the left side of our state, you know, all in one week. So, and meeting all kinds of people and serving different children that way, but I still wasn't able to work directly with children. Um, but it was a nice break for my family just to be outside of a six and seven day a week job, which is what I've had before. Mm -hmm. And, um, then the position that I have now is I'm a preschool director with a private school here in town. Okay. And one of the teachers there I knew from church and they um, told the headmaster about me and he called to see if I'd be interested in applying. I was like, yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Cause I mean, one of the cool things about this is that in my last two jobs, I really was, okay and happy with where I was going yeah and where I was I just didn't realize that these next steps would be so much better for my family until they happened yeah you know and um I mean I have no complaints that is yeah, yeah. sometimes you don't know what you, you don't know what you don't know you don't know what you're missing um yeah it, it's uh, it is a blessing to like be in a good place, a good situation. But you know, sometimes if you become too comfortable and you're not at least willing to consider other options, then you don't, you could be missing out on something that actually might be an improvement, <laughs> even if you're right. already in a good place. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I will say this too, like, yes, I took a bit of pay cut to come to this, but 
it has been a great improvement for my family. Yeah. The consistent schedule. And because I'm working at that school, my children can go to that school. So we have one pickup, one drop off. I can be there. Well, I mean, not right now. Obviously, they don't have class parties because of COVID. Yeah. But being able to be there for my kids. And then now I'm working directly with children again. Right. I'm in the classrooms. I'm working with parents. I'm working with teachers. Um, and ladies. you're working with them and you got the benefit of spending two years traveling around helping other centers, but then yeah. also getting cool ideas that now yeah. you can bring back and enhance your work. <laughs> and that's what we've been doing. And like, and part of the, one of the reasons I brought up John was because the previous director for these ladies did not do much for them as far as like their self-confidence and their morale. Mm. So I've been able to incorporate things that I learned from John and help build these ladies up mm-hmm. and see where their strengths and their confidence are. And then pull from my Alabama quality stars days and pull what I learned, like you said, how to help improve schools and do these really cool things with the kids. Yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, it's just been a really cool experience. Yeah, it all builds on each other. I mean, sometimes you don't see, I mean, I look back at some of my experiences that seem kind of random or something, and yeah. uh, you just don't see how it's going to, how you can, you can build on things that may, it might not seem directly related at first, although that's pretty related even with you, but you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have connected it in that way. I mean, it so directly feeds in and enhances your work every day. Yeah. Well, and here's the funny thing too. When I graduated or when I was in school and when I graduated, never in a million years did I think I'd be doing preschool. Yeah. I really wanted to do adolescent and go from there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's just funny how the trajectory of your life changes a little. It does. And how your interests change. And I mean, the nice thing about human development is that it's so vast. Mm-hmm. You can relate to so many things. I'm like, What's funny too is the guy that um, me we meet with for like our Roth IRAs and stuff like that. He's an HDFS graduate from Alabama. Is he? Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, hold on. So he's working in financial resource management. He is. I might have to reach out to him. I'm yeah. looking for somebody in that field. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, it's just funny because I walked in and I saw his um, I saw his certificate and I saw it and I was like, oh. That's awesome. And we have the same Dean who's retired now, but Dean Beauchamp. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The legend. The legend. <laughs> and it's funny too. She had a she'll tell everybody it'd be cool if you could get her on this podcast. But um yeah. when she started as the dean, she told her husband she would do it for four years. And wow. she retired after 40. My goodness. Mm-hmm. You just never know where it's going to take you. You don't. It's just pretty cool. That's why it's good to be open, though. And that's why, I mean, I it's, it's so cool to hear your story because, I mean, in, in other stories as well, I, I see kind of a common thread for a lot of guests on the podcast. Um, it says, you don't know what opportunities are going to be there. I mean, like Alabama Quality Stars, like that wasn't even, that might not even been around, you know. And so to it just wasn't. kind of. Yeah, to put a bunch of pressure on yourself when you graduate to like know exactly what you're going to do for the rest of your life. I just feel like 
that works out for some people, but it tends to be a small group of people. And I do feel like, um, you know, you can potentially, if you're too narrow focused, you can really miss out on some other opportunities that you haven't anticipated, that you don't know of, that maybe haven't even been developed yet. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and like, I feel like with HDFS, especially the human development track, I mean, really, it just teaches you how to relate to people in general. Yeah. You know, which broadens your horizons and broadens your perspective and your opportunities for all these other things. And once my kids, I mean, who knows what these next, I've been at um, ACA now for a little over a year mm -hmm. and a year and a half ago, I never would have thought that that was even going to happen. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a possibility. Right. You know, and then um, it's open opportunities for my children to have a more concentrated, more challenging education, which yeah. let's be honest, we all need. Uh -huh. And, um, but I mean, it's just been fun. And like, I've had, even before we ever had children, we've helped um, coach different teams. We've helped um, like vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. You know, we've helped just like there was a lady in Target the other day that was just absolutely struggling and was not dealing with her children in a quiet manner. So everybody heard. Oh, wow. And like just being able to go and help, not necessarily just to be a distraction to help this situation diffuse on its own. Mm -hmm. Like I did not diffuse the situation, but I was able to distract the kids and talk to the mom to where they could all come to like a normal spot. Cause it's so important right now with everything that's going on in our country and with the pandemic and everything, like tensions are high. Yeah. Mental health is all over the place. Yeah. And so being able to just relate to people on a very, very basic level and say, Hey, you have value. Let me show you this. Not, Oh, I'm just going to judge you from afar. I mean, that's really what we all need right now. Right. So. Yeah. That connection, that support. Yeah. Ability to relate. Well, this has been so, so fun and interesting. Like I've so enjoyed it. I, I always end with this question. Is there anything else that you wanted to share that I didn't ask? And do you have any advice for students or new professionals in the field? So now this is just your open forum to share anything else before we close. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Anything I want to show you didn't ask? Hmm. I didn't set out to be in human development. Obviously, I didn't know it existed. Um, but I can't imagine doing anything else. Yeah. I'm, almost well I'm really showing my age but I'm almost two decades into this yeah and um and I'm still very involved with the two girls that we nannied they were in my wedding um they were some of the first people to hold my children at the hospital yeah uh, we are out we are in the adoption and foster care process right now as a family wow. and um they've been instrumental in that as well so we still are involved in them and I never would have met these girls had I not just gone with the had I not just gone to watch go to a lifespan class yeah <laughs> uh you know yeah. and um 
So I guess my advice would be don't, okay, I'm a planner. I'm a big planner, which is why having twins two years before I wanted to have any children at all, and I wasn't going to have children. I was just going to adopt them all. Um, like having twins and being in this profession is learn make a plan, but be flexible with it. Yeah. Be willing to like let your wings expand just a little and maybe fly a little bit to a different direction. Just try it out. Just see um, my sister, as you and I spoke about earlier, my sister was in um, human development at the same time as she's two years younger than I am. And she is in, she started out in nursing as well. Um, made much better grades than I did, but it just, the stress for her was not getting it. She got into child life and that's her niche. That's still where she is. And the opportunities that she had through child life have been amazing, but they wouldn't have happened if she hadn't. And my sister is one that when she makes a plan, she sticks with it. Mm -hmm. So she was going to stick through nursing, even if it killed her, which it was really on its way as far as like anxiety and the issues that she was having with that. Mm -hmm. And then the nursing program closed their doors for her, Mm -hmm. transitioned her into child life. I closed my own nursing door program because I did not make the grades. So Mm -hmm. that's on me. Um, But just being willing to try new things out and realize that your life does not have to be perfectly planned because you have a whole life to live. Yeah. And you can't do it if you're worried about following your exact step, just because it's your step doesn't mean that's the plan for your life. Mm. Very good advice. I love it. Those are good words to remember. Well, thank you. It took me a while to learn them. I know. <laughs> All of us have to learn these lessons repeatedly, don't we? Right? <laughs> I'll never major in something like that. That's what I said a few majors ago. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's not even a real major. Oh, okay. Well, I just graduated in it, so that's fine. You know. Exactly. So clearly, clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I love it too, just like you. I mean, thank goodness that, that I at some point decided to be open. Um, yeah. And so to, to all of my, my majors, yeah, it was just, I'm, I'm glad that I decided to be open-minded. Um, yeah. Thank you so, so much for sharing. Um, like, yeah, these are, I know that the students get so much out of like being able to like hear so, hear in detail about every step that you took. And so I appreciate you being so generous with your time and um, just really sharing about the trajectory of your really cool career. Um, well, thanks. Uh, we'll have to do some follow-up because who knows with you, you can. <laughs> right? <laughs> yep. So we'll have to do a follow-up episode at some point. But I really appreciate <laughs> <laughs> several years from now. Um, but I, I really appreciate um, your generosity. And now I have two new leads that I'm going to try to follow up on in addition to this. There you <laughs> the go. Thing. The greatest thing about this podcast, I, I just keep hearing cool stories. And it was so cool to hear yours today. Well, thanks for having me. This was, I was really nervous, but this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad it was fun for you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the HDFS Careers Podcast. If you have recommendations for HDFS or other family science alumni to interview, please reach out to me at hdfscareers.com. 
Don't worry if they're not working in a job that would normally be considered in the field. I'm interested in hearing a variety of stories, especially if they're working outside of academia. If you like this podcast and want other people to be able to find it, please rate it and review it in iTunes or share it on social media. Until next time, keep exploring your future possibilities.